0: kind of funny when i went to halifax three years ago because i planned my trip to where i would spend a week in halifax before my um high school reunion in montreal which turned out to just be five of us in a bar but it didn't occur to me that when i planned my trip to halifax that it would fall on the um 150th canada day so
1: Ooh. There was a
0: lot going on that I didn't realize would be.
1: Sesquicentennials do tend to bring out that kind of celebratory spirit.
0: I know, right? So I, I had a good time, and I was just thinking I could really go for some good poutine. My sister, who lives in New York, um, apparently went to some place where they had something that looked very close to being authentic. And I was thinking to myself, hmm... I, I guess that looks good enough that I'll excuse it for being made in America.
1: I, you might have better luck making your own, frankly.
0: I'm afraid to try. Makes sense. Ugh. I'll get around to it eventually. Anyway, this is Casting the Net. This is your go-to podcast to hear about movies that may have gotten a limited theatrical release, if they got a theatrical release at all. And no movie is getting a theatrical release at the moment, but they are available on your handy-dandy streaming platforms. So however you'd like to enjoy movies in your own, in the comfort of your own home, those are the movies we're going to be talking about. I'm Ken Kay. This is um, not even Whiskey. No, this is Cohen. Whiskey's our old host. <laughs> But we wish her a happy Canada Day as well.
1: We sure do. Yeah. Belated, but happy.
0: Yes. And today, uh, this is yet another Cohen recommendation, uh, because we are doing the new Netflix comedy special from Eric Andre, Legalize Everything.
1: And, uh... To be clear, up until now I was not really familiar with Eric Andre's work at all, but I would heard it was an interesting special, and I seem to recall asking you if it was good and if it was worth watching, to which you responded, well, it's worth watching.
0: It, it is, and it's just, it's just a very interesting special to watch. I don't think I've seen someone sweat so much since the late 80s, in a comedy special?
1: Well, he's definitely bringing that unabashed id energy.
0: This is kind of like Sam Kinison era type stuff, quite honestly.
1: At least. Uh, this, This is what I think cocaine era Robin Williams would have been if he'd been born or rather done his career in the era of Netflix specials.
0: Dear god, I can I can't even imagine. And you know, I'm just kind of watching this play out and it takes place in, in it's it was shot in New Orleans and there's a prologue of him dressed as a police officer and I can only assume there are a number of legal hurdles for him to pull that off because as we know uh, that's a pretty serious crime impersonating a police officer
1: unless it- assuming he was doing it with some sort of film permit.
0: I, I, I would I would assume so. But there's this great kind of guerrilla quality to what you're seeing, even though you have to factor in that the people that are appearing on camera obviously needed to sign waivers for their images to be used in the final product anyway.
1: And I think it's entirely possible that those people were extras.
0: That too, that is something to consider, because sometimes... You have things like this where it looks like it's supposed to be all improv, and you and you are supposed to feel like, oh, all of these other people around aren't in on the joke, when the reality is that some of them may very well be, if not all of them. So it 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 was a fun it was a fun conceit,
1: and that's a theme that repeats in the show itself because there's a yeah. There is at least one and possibly two moments where it's just, yeah, this is not a volunteer from the audience.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you, 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 that, that's just a whole setup because I can't, if I was the audience member in that scenario, and I think I know which one you're talking about, I'd have been mortified. I'd, I'd have been halfway out the door,
1: quite honestly. Yeah, there but are,
0: sorry. But that's just me.
1: There are, without going into much more detail, there are two period. There are two scenarios during the show itself where an audience member is subjected to an embarrassment, an embarrassing situation. The first one I hope to gosh was pre-planned. The second one could have gone either way.
0: Yeah, the second one was pretty funny. It was, I mean, it's all funny, but the second one was the one that felt like. Okay, if this is actually natural, then that that's cool. Like, I think that that's cool. But, yeah,
1: it's it's from a slightly skewed alternate reality, but you could imagine being that person and not feeling degraded.
0: Yes, but um, you said you didn't have much familiarity with Eric Andre, so you never watched like Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three or anything nope. like that, or the Eric Andre Show. Nope. Because No Treads to Be in Part 23 was probably the first time I saw him in anything. And that was, I mean, that was all, I think that was almost a decade ago at this point. It's crazy to think of how long it's been since that show, because that show was brilliant. And he was a very, not necessarily minor, but he was a more subdued character uh, compared to everything else that happened in the show
1: yeah I keep hearing good things about it, and since we're in quarantine, perhaps this will finally be when I watch it. Yeah, give it a shot,
0: see you know, see if you like it, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I think obviously he rose to prominence through the Eric Andre show on uh Adult Swim, and that has some that's just basically meant to facilitate awkward interactions with celebrities because he's just asking all these weird questions. He's got his man-on-the-street skits that he does. Um, if you've ever s- seen the gif of him running up to a gate and just, like, shaking it and being like, let me
1: in! Nope. That is- wow! When I s- Perhaps I was unclear. When I say I'm not very familiar with Eric Andre, I mean... I had heard the name.
0: Wow, so you kind of went into this blind. Yeah. Um, what what did you think of it overall?
1: I I stick by my unabashed id interpretation. Mm. He basically he spews jokes over everything. Yeah. And I'm not I it's not I should be clear it's not mean-spirited at all. I didn't feel bad watching it, but it is definitely this is the kind of stand-up comedy that a very gifted and well-funded 7th grader would conceive of. It
0: is it is rather juvenile.
1: Yeah, and it 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 makes no bones about it. If you're if you're still watching after the the opening intro or at the very least after the opening few minutes you have no business being offended by what comes next
0: i would most certainly agree with that i think there were just certain things that you know catch you off guard obviously there's a lot of drug talk in there and the Assertion is that he is highest draft Titties during this whole performance quite honestly.
1: Yeah, and obviously that was a big surprise to me cuz when it when the title of the show said legalize this, I super assumed it was about selling off national parks, which is a yeah, you know, which is a perennial source of humor in the stand up set, but no. It is in fact about legalizing Basically every drug, which just from a political standpoint is something I agree with and always have because the war on drugs has done nobody except the drug, pin, drug kingpins and DEA agents any good. So yeah. philosophically, I was on board with this from the start. Okay. And it's funny. It is a funny special as long as you're not looking for anything besides that juvenile drug humor and a little wordplay and the possible exploitation of a couple of people in the audience.
0: Yeah. There's a little bit of that in there, but it's fairly mild. And as we, as we suggest, it may have been, you know, scripted for the purposes of this comedy special. We don't know, but it feels real. There's a good like organic progression of everything that's happening that. Makes you, you know, makes you kind of believe in it a little bit more than you probably should. But yeah, like Eric Andre is just sort of a very interesting character as far as comedians are concerned. Because yeah, you do have that whole in factor where he's just saying the stuff off the top of his dome, and it's crazy because as he's going on these rants. He'll usually, like, pepper it in with some, you know, thought about a social issue or things that are happening in the world. That actually is something that most people would agree with on a serious level. But he's doing so much to be an absolute, like, living cartoon. And then all of a sudden he'll be like, you know, you know, sex work is real, is 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 is, 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 is work, and... You know, police brutality is wrong, and obviously that's still an issue that we're dealing with and seeing happen. And yeah, so you get the sense that he's trying to like, you know, you don't get the sense that he's trying to downplay it, even though his delivery of those messages feels downplayed.
1: Yeah, i I hadn't considered it before, but yes, a living cartoon is exactly what he turns himself into, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah, because his political messages which again i do agree with he, i don't think he said anything i disagree with politically no, but they do work out better they do work better because they're an organic part of him being silly yeah it's not like he goes silly 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 serious yeah it's like silly 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 serious <laughs> silly serious It works. It really does work for him. And it was cool seeing some of those, particularly the sex work issue. Yeah. Seeing it tackled in a comedy special in a way that actually landed from a comedic and political perspective.
0: Yeah, because I feel like the danger is always, okay, if it's a comedian doing this in a comedy special. And this is something that I kind of you know, the last couple of Margaret Cho comedy specials that I, I've i seen, and this is from years ago, like maybe like maybe just before the 2010s, quite honestly, because I haven't watched anything she's done recently. But it started to kind of like overtake the comedy special and be about that more than anything. And at a certain point, you're trying to just see, okay, but is this going to be funny at some point. And it's not to downplay like the serious issues that these people want to talk about. But if you're paying to see a comedy special and you, you know, if you're going to a comedy show and it's just these really serious musings about serious issues where there's no framework for it, where you can still enjoy yourself because you expected to go to a comedy show, then that doesn't always work. And I think that Eric Andre did a good job of sort of slipping these messages into a very funny comedy show, even though sometimes it's a a little too bizarre for its own good. And I can totally accept anyone who may not be the biggest Eric Andre fan because I will admit he is an acquired taste.
1: No, yes, he has an acquired taste, and he has a very distinctive taste. Yeah. And that's one of the things, hashtag semi-tangent, that I really like about the stand-up specials on Netflix, because if I didn't like, well, I couldn't have turned it off because of the show, but there have been specials that I've turned on, watched for a few minutes, and gone, you know what? I'm not mad at this, but this style of humor is not my thing. And that beats the heck out of sitting in a show for an hour and a half going, oh, yes, that was a joke. That was a joke. Oh, I see what you did there. A joke. Yeah. Yeah, if somebody were to watch this and then seven or eight minutes turn it off, I could see why. But I enjoyed myself.
0: Well, well that's, that's good. That's, that's, that's pretty much all that matters in the grand scheme of things.
1: Why, thank you. I've always felt I was the only per. Oh, you mean enjoyment. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> what did you think
0: I was talking about? Me. Uh Oh.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, it is possible that I really am the center of the universe. I've been sitting inside for four months. Perhaps this is all a dream.
0: I know, right? Or you could have a very big bag packed for an ego trip. I don't know.
1: I carry on on my ego trips <laughs> because otherwise yeah. some of my ego might get lost along the way, and that would be disastrous
0: yeah, yeah. If it no, can't if, fit if it can 't fit in the backpack that i 'm going to put underneath my seat on the plane, then i 'm not taking it has always
1: served me well, but yeah, and I think this I, i've said it, I think we both said it already, but that is the thing about somebody who is obviously while it is scripted, didn't hold himself back. This is what Ids do. It, yeah, it's him without restraint, or at least it's him without apparent restraints.
0: Yeah, because by the time you get to the very end of it, I'm like, whoa, dude, uh, I didn't need all of that. But I guess this is where you're going.
1: Oh, yes, because Jodie Foster makes an appearance. Jodie Foster does not make an appearance in this show.
0: Damn it, Cohen! Damn it, me! (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, like, it's just... Yeah, I'm not used to seeing these sort of of stream-of-consciousness-type comedy specials where they're just kind of... Well, Jesus, you're just kind of, like, jumping from one topic to the next so quickly. And, yeah, you do kind of see you kind of watch as you know eric andre is seemingly on this high and you kind of see a little bit of the come down happening and you're just thinking to yourself i hope like obviously you know the fact that it's been released should tell you that everything went off without a hitch but you can't help but watch it and think to yourself Is this man about to have a heart attack? Is he about to go into cardiac arrest? I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, which is one, which is, I think, the thing I liked the best about it. Because it's very hard to to die. Let me explain.
0: Go for it. I didn't
1: actually, yes, if I had been watching him on stage, it might have alarmed me too. But again, he obviously survived the show because I would have heard about it if he hadn't. And it's hard to fake that. It's really difficult to make a come down, or even make an organic sense of sensations feel real on stage, where you don't know where the script starts and the actual freaking out begins. Yeah, and it, it does. Yeah, you you said Sam Kinison, I said uh, Robin Williams, but this is this is very much a throwback. I could see Bill Hicks sitting in the balcony of the eric andre show and going oh yeah this is what i would be if i'd become a cartoon
0: yeah. see bill hicks is one that i've never got gotten on to actually
1: i think you have to listen to bill hicks when you're a little younger because i got i started listening to those albums in the mid 90s
0: oh okay
1: because my mom had gone to you remember record stores
0: yeah, I think that I think I remember that being a thing. Yes,
1: she had gone to a record store to uh, and asked what the kids were listening to, so she should so she could give my cousin a bar mitzvah present. And luckily, she listened to a little bit and went, "This is not suitable for children." Here, Julie, <laughs> David, you have it.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, I think her feeling was, I shouldn't be giving this to somebody else's kid.
0: But for and her honestly own kids. I think
1: well yeah I see no yeah, yeah I suppose but this uh, yes, this feels very throwbacky
0: okay, yeah
1: if indeed that were a word
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean it just. It just works really well in sort of like the old 90s style of, you know, comedy shows. And it's hard to articulate what that actually means. But at the same time, there is that irreverence to it that you feel like you can't get entirely away with in this day and age. But at the same time, you always kind of appreciate the comics that are able to do it in a way that's not nearly as offensive as the guys in the eighties and nineties were.
1: Oh yeah. And I think it's, that ties into when he does dip into politics because the guys in the nineties would recognize the way that he has structured his show, but would, I think, not be completely thrilled with the way that he doesn't, he doesn't push a lot of envelopes Yeah, uh, for all his show is about sensitive topics and a lot of drugs and so forth. He remains squarely within the bounds of what I'd call acceptable discourse. Mm-hmm. And which I think is good and not necessarily cause I'm against more edgy material but by the end of the sam kinnison and, and oh god andrew dice clay and so forth by the end of that mm-hmm. era it had stopped being shock for comedic value and shock for shock value with a veneer of comedy
0: mm-hmm. and at that
1: point it, it doesn't take really a lot of talent to get people to giggle at a mean joke it's when you can get people to laugh at something that is weird, sure, but not targeting helpless people that mm-hmm. it shows real talent. Yeah. There's always people who, laugh, who will laugh at the sight of somebody kicking someone when they're down, but Andre punches up when he punches it all, mm-hmm. and I respect that in a comedian, even a cartoon. Especially a cartoon.
0: I mean, yeah, especially live a cartoon. action cartoon. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. I think that's important and sometimes I'm still probably on the side of not necessarily on the side of anyone, but I'll watch certain comedy shows and I'll be like, Oh wow. You know, certain folks are going to come after him for him or her for that joke. And still find myself laughing at the joke and trying to understand the context of it. But I'm never going to be overly critical of anyone who's like, okay, this joke isn't funny and this is actually really offensive. Because they're obviously entitled to that opinion and it's important if if they feel that they need to speak out against it.
1: Yeah. Somet- and, yeah. and sometimes... The- I don't equate people being offended necessarily with a joke being mean yeah. because everybody pushes the bounds. George Carlin pushed the bounds. Lenny Bruce pushed the bounds. And you look back on some of their stuff and you go, yeah, that, that was obscene. But it's not like you look back in the same way you look at Andrew Dice Clay and go, I'm embarrassed at myself for laughing at that.
0: mm." And I never, even when Andrew Dice Clay was popular, like, and in his heyday, I just never got the appeal of the dude.
1: You were not his demographic and neither was I.
0: This is a fair (laughs) point. Yeah. No, no, it was, it it, it was kind of funny. I always did want to see uh, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane because, like, in recent years, people, like, talk about that movie and acknowledge that it's not a great film, but there's like a kitschy charm to it that you can kind of enjoy and maybe not even, and I don't think it, as I understand it, it doesn't rely entirely on him being like his persona from his stand-up comedy, but it just seemed like something that wanted to use that to prop up a film that probably could have starred anyone else. And... I don't know, maybe I'll get around to watching it at some time, or maybe I'll just continue not caring. Who knows? There there are so many people, there are so many movies that I keep telling myself, I'm going to watch this one day, and then I think to myself, who am I kidding? I give zero fucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I it's all that like, about a lot of pieces of pop culture.
0: It's like, I still haven't seen *Slumdog Millionaire*, and <laughs> I liked it. And my, and 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 my friend, my 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 friend actually sang on the song that won the Oscar from it.
1: In that case, yeah, you should you should probably at the very least watch the segment with the song. <laughs> <laughs> they probably made a music video out of the Oscar winning song. That is kind of a thing that happens. So you could at least watch the music video.
0: Uh, I'll, I'll look it up if there, if there, if there is one, but yeah.
1: <laughs> or yeah, at the very of... least it's on an album.
0: Yes. Yes. That's,
1: that's, that's fair.
0: Like, I, I, I think one t- I think, I um, had written a review of Taken, because Taken had just come out. So I wrote a review of Taken and prefaced it by saying, no, I have not watched Slumdog Millionaire yet. Because you know how it kind of became like the water cooler topic for a lot of people? Yeah. And I'm sure it's a great film. And obviously, like, I've yet to see a Danny Boyle film that I didn't actually enjoy maybe sunshine i didn't really care for that one but
1: i think it's one of, it's one of those films that is very good and the thing is about cultural touchstones and water cooler movies and things they achieve a life of their own of whatever talked about i don't think it's as good as people said it was at the time but it's a very solid movie and a lot of tag tangent
0: yes it's hard
1: it's hard to do a good flashback movie and this Mm. is and slumdog millionaire is a good flashback movie okay all right because it's because the framing device works as a lot of them do not
0: yeah it's usually always like someone as an adult coming back home to when some major event happened in their life, and it always feels a little too contrived.
1: yeah the the family reunion slash funeral slash class reunion slash on the body of that one chick who disappeared during our senior year slash <laughs>
0: what? I'm sorry, what.
1: You know that, how that, it's that contrived going back to the hometown. It's yeah, you, always the patriarch died, or it's time for the class reunion, or you remember that creepy mystery you were. Oh, it's time to go back and confront your demons. Hey, it's a demon. Confront it.
0: Yeah, that was it, chapter two. Yeah. I still enjoyed it, chapter two, but I, I see the. Too. I see the point you're getting at.
1: Yeah, and in Chapter 2, yeah, that they set themselves a really difficult task with that movie. Yeah. And I think they did about as well as they could. Yes, this is true.
0: But hashtag tangent, because we need to get to ratings. So what did we think of Eric Andre Legalize Everything?
1: I'm going to give it a solid 375 badly considered acid trips out of five
0: uh, I think I'm around three and a half to four with it yeah it kind of
1: it,
0: yeah it, it's a little bit chaotic but still works very well as a comedy show so in that regard I think it succeeded
1: mm-hmm. and that's what it built itself as
0: yes yes but if you'd like to reach out to us on the social media platforms, we are on the Facebook at CTN Podcast. We are on Instagram at Cassie the Net Podcast. Uh, we are going to be putting our videos of our podcast recordings on YouTube. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but make sure to send us your recommendations or thoughts on the show or movie that we've just covered on this episode and send those to casting the net podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. Go ahead and hit us with those star ratings. You know, five stars is perfectly acceptable because flattery will get you everywhere. Not really everywhere because we can't really go anywhere right now. So you have to take that into account. It's it's figurative. It's a figure of speech.
1: Yes, you know there will hate. be. N- yeah, there will be no candygrams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Lord! That 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 reminds me of. Uh, there was a trailer for Showtime's um, documentary about the Go Go's, and it just made me think of the the sporadic uh, acting. Uh, Instances of Jane Wild uh,
1: I will. I didn't know that there was a documentary out about the Go Go's.
0: Um, it's not out yet. I think it comes out in August when it's going to be on Showtime. But you just remember her as Joan of Arc from, uh, what was it? Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and also the singing telegram girl from Clue.
1: Oh gosh, I had, it is only now that I realized those those were the same people, <laughs> that Joan of Arc and the, I am your singing telegram. Boom! Clue is a movie that really does hold up.
0: It certainly does, and it is an absolute treasure, and it's always a surprise to hear of what a failure it was when it first came out. There are a lot of films like that. We should do a tangent episode about
1: that. I would love to, because the story of Clue is a fascinating one.
0: Yeah, and it's, not, not just Clue, but like movies that obviously became cult favorites after they failed in theaters.
1: Yeah, it's, well, of course, it's sort of vintage casting the net, because these are movies that really only entered the consciousness when they got out on VHS or syndication.
0: Boom.
1: Yep. For anybody in the audience who is not ancient, syndication was this weird (laughs) thing where before there were streaming services where you could watch any rerun you wanted at any given time, places would actually play reruns of shows with commercials and everything, and people watched them.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, when I moved to the States back in 87... I was glued to, like, Fox and DC20 because, you know, they had things like I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched and Beverly Hillbillies. And I'm now, as, like, a grown-ass man, wondering what sway those shows had over me as, like, a 7- to 10-year-old that I was watching them religiously.
1: I never really watched The Beverly Hillbillies, but I remember at least Bewitched being a rather charming show.
0: It was. Uh, the story of the two uh, Darrens is actually remarkably sad.
1: Yeah, I know. It, the first Darren, what was it? He had a terrible back injury and then yeah. fell to pill addiction?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. I remember feeling super bad about that. Yep. Sometimes you hear about stars destroying their careers and you go... That was a little your fault. In this case, it really wasn't.
0: No, it was an unfortunate accident that, you know, led to a lot of pain and, you know, regret for the poor man. And it's very unfortunate what happened. But there are lots of stories like that. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely need to do a nice little tangent episode on, like, you know, movies that... You know, you would think that from their reputation, as you view them now, or for the past t- ten to twenty years, you would have thought, "Oh my God, these films were must have been so successful when they came out." And it's like, no, they really weren't. Some of them even like destroyed the companies that produced them.
1: We're, but not, that- watching <laughs> he- we're
0: will not, not watching. We're not watching.
1: We will not be doing a three-part series on Heaven's Gate. So whoever keeps quest, <laughs> yeah, I keep.
0: He- I, I, I've watched so many videos talking about the failures of Heaven's Gate. It's so sad. I don't even. I don't even want to touch it. I'm not going to touch it. We Good, are not going to touch it.
1: Chris, yes, Christopher fan sixty nine. I'm sorry, but no. <sighs>
0: That, that, that is the one movie we will definitely not talk about on this upcoming Tangent episode. But thank you again for watching, guys, and listening if you're only on the, on the podcast platforms we talked about. But until next time, keep on streaming and have fun.
1: Stay home, stay sexy, and stay safe.